How's it going, everybody? The Lunch Group, episode 9 with Layton and Chris. You see, I did it right this time. I did the LC. I did the LC this time. It's taken nine episodes, Chris. <laughs> nine episodes. All right. It's been a really hectic week for us as a company. We're still working on this website transition, and we're working on a, we're working on other things there on the ground in Milburn. Uh, it's, it's been a week, right? Yeah, yeah, it's busy, but uh, grateful to be here, excited for the holidays that we're both in the middle of, mm -hmm. uh, as well as that are upcoming, and appreciate everyone tuning in today. With that being said, Chris, let's get down to what has taken the hobby by storm, these Tom Brady parallels, autos, etc. and listen, we want your hot take here on the lunch crew. Is this just hot garbage, or is this... You know, something that should be exciting for collectors, dealers, investors. You think there's some long-term value here? It's just a fad. What's going on here, Chris? Tell us. Well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't see it holding up forever. Like uh, we've got these uh, 2023 Bowman Draft Tom Brady, and we we pulled a Aqua Lava. Well, Aqua Lava it sounds so, so so weird for charles perry and uh, he followed my advice i said hey buddy sell that immediately he said do i grade it no you sell it immediately the, the, like they're hot you know you, they may not be when you get it back from grading and it may grade a nine and you're back at square one and you've paid a lot to grade it but like these inserts there are two factors here number one is normally when tops fanatics tops does an insert series like this they will print it to the moon they did not with this, especially the parallels. The parallels, there are only about 700 total parallels of this card. So, Which is very low considering in the day and age that we're in. It's excruciatingly low. Uh, odds in a Super Jumbo box are like 1 in 11,000. <laughs> so let me yeah. ask you a question about the Brady card. Uh-huh. Because I want to know, and I have a feeling the audio, audience wants to know, who's maybe listening to this after. And by the way, Chris, let's remind everyone, if they want to find our other eight shows so far, because you've been enjoying the content, how do they do that? Uh, how, do they get, how do they get into a Brady? Well, they come on the vintagebreaks.com and they... No, they, how do they find our content how, how for they, the lunch crew? Oh, how do they find our content? I'm sorry, I misunderstood your question. I was reading a comment. No <laughs> so they find the lunch crew by going to vblunchcrew.com or looking us up on Spotify or iTunes. We're there, Spotify, iTunes, and our own internal platform. We here at Vintage Breaks like to make our own stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like to cook. Joe T, what's going on? Thanks for joining us, Bri. What's up, Joe H? All right, so getting back to the Brady, my question is, and I think others want to know as well, is Top Slash Fanatics saying this is going to be the only Brady baseball card? And the reason why I'm asking, because if that's the case, maybe it is possible the card doesn't necessarily retain its initial value because it's been crazy to start, but there's certainly more than 700-something Brady collectors that might want to own this unique piece of crossing of Tom Brady and baseball cards. Um, but to me, if they're going to redo this every year as a, if you will, gimmick or limited offering, it certainly dilutes this year. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? So they haven't said anything about, about future production. They haven't. And there's nothing precluding them from doing it in the future. And, and that's one reason why I think these are bad long-term holds because they're great short-term flips. Uh, I don't see anything that would stop them given the relationship of Tom Brady and Fanatics. 
Like, uh, these are not um, licensed through the Players Association. This is a one-off with Tom Brady. Um, and it's a crossover because Tom Brady is not part of the MLB Players Association, but yet they're using an MLB property that is attached to Major League Baseball in the Montreal Expos slash sure. National. Um, so it, it remains to be seen uh, what they're going to do there. I, I do think the autographs are, are autographs are good to own. I don't think they're good to own at right now pricing. They're a little nuts. There's a bounty out on the number to twelve or the twelve of fifty where he signed. If if uh, if baseball doesn't work out, there's always football. And there's yep. a corresponding Bill Belichick Bill Belichick autograph come out coming out. I so, saw that. Yeah, Pops Brady now. Brady Brady can hit, but can he throw? Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. So like uh, with Belichick getting sacked, that's a little weird, you know. But you know, it's what it is. Everything comes to an end. I think the autographs are great long term. Maybe not at this pricing, but once once they come back down to earth, and uh, things like that five hundred thousand dollar bounty on one or a thing of the past, uh, they're selling for like seventeen thousand for a base, which is too much. Wow, that's a lot. What would you rather have, a contenders uh, rookie auto or one of these? No, I mean, come on, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> it's uh, you know, you know the answer. But um, you know, I do think we talked about this. It makes it a fun additional chase for oh, folks yeah. that are breaking with anyone and everyone from Filth Bomb to Vintage Breaks to Grand Slam. You know, anyone that's offering Bowman Draft, to me, unless it made the, the price, you know, too costly to get in, I feel like if you're participating in breaks, unless you can't have it, you know, because I know every breaker is different. So, right, if you're participating in a break and someone bought the Expos and, you know, you have no chance of the Brady, that stinks. Yeah. But, like, whereas at Vintage Breaks, you know, we really do it by the pack. So, theoretically, anyone could you know, pull the, the Brady or Brady parallel, Brady auto, et cetera, on um, any point. Um, I do think that it's a fun way to, for those that are lucky enough to hit one and they turn it into cash, it reduces your, yeah. your, if you will. And in some cases you'll make some money, um, your ability to buy and your cost of Bowman draft, which I know is a, is a staple product um, of tops. But the reason I wanted to bring this up today wasn't because of Brady. It's because really of the inscriptions. And so I want to close with on our first topic today here on the ninth episode of the lunch crew is do you see the manufacturers? So not just top slash fanatics, Panini, upper deck, even leaf wildcard, et cetera. You know, I mean, some of the off manufacturers, do we think that we're going to see more of these inscription, special inscription cards, really like one offs, two offs. And, um, if so, do you think there's going to be a big demand for it on the secondary market? I mean, I really hope so. I really hope for a Michael Jordan in a Chicago White Sox uniform. Uh, work something out with Upper Deck, or I don't even think up. There's there's some murkiness about whether Michael Jordan is still with Upper Deck or not. I know, but let's save that. I just want to talk about the inscriptions. The inscriptions? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I, I would love to have like a. Uh, a few, you know, Joey Votto is a funny guy. I would love to see him script. Just, just turn Joey Votto loose with a pin and see what happens. That guy's nuts. <laughs> well, I just think that there's, there's, there's so much demand for you know an individual player, and no matter what, Chris, no matter how big or small market the team is, no matter if the players made six All Star games or if he only got six hits in his lifetime, chances are, even if it's just a family member, someone's going to want to own that one of one unique inscription. And, you know, to me, I mean, this is what I would think that manufacturers will do. And if they're not, they're going to get some free advice here. So 
you'll have a one of one that's separate of this, and then uh, you can have a one of one inscription card. Yeah. Uh, um, there's an example of this happening in 2021, I believe. Uh, prospects uh, Jordan Lawler and Benny Montgomery. They actually wrote messages to each other on the autographs. And this is in the free pre fanatics era. Get this, Layton. Tops told him to cut it out. That's really funny. Top said you can't do that and took him out of the product. I mean, listen, you know, <laughs> people didn't used to sign baseball cards, Chris. If it was yeah. a rookie card of someone, mm-hmm. it was considered sacrilegious to get a vintage card signed by Mantle. Rookie cards of Nolan Ryan signed by Nolan Ryan. People were like, are you all right, man? You know, Do you need to go to the doctor? So, you know, tastes change, um, trends mm-hmm. change, the world changes. But with that, let's talk about the whole – I don't know. I'm not as in tune with you are with my ear on the ground as far as release dates and all the kind of stuff that's going on there. So talk to us about that. Well, you know, release dates are, are kind of a staple of, of the industry that kind of hold us, us as breakers all accountable and on the same page as to when a product actually comes out because they don't want to create any, any perceived unfair advantages for anyone. Um, having everybody on a a level playing field is important for the health of the industry. And at times tops now fanatics will run certain promotions where they'll do it. They'll do an early release like they did with filth bomb in Bowman draft on only on fanatics live. Well, certain breakers saw that and said, well, uh, the street date means nothing. Now I'm releasing mine now too. (laughs) <laughs> because because sounds, it sounds a little chaotic it, it is it is a little chaotic and uh like for example you saw early breaks on whatnot you you saw early breaks on ebay you saw people run early of course we do we we, we never run anything early I, like I'm, I'm i'm breaking at midnight anyway so it gives us a midnight release on product like products like that we hit that brady in a midnight release but um they're important because it kind of deals with customer confusion about the overall landscape of landscape of the product offerings. Uh, if dealer a has got them here and, and dealer B doesn't, it just really cre- creates a lot of, uh, a lot of consumer confusion and a lot of marketplace confusion. When all this stuff pops up early, you start wondering, is this legit? Does this print it out of China? You know, <laughs> I agree with you just to close on this. I think it's very simple for the sake of the hobby. I agree with you, Chris. I know it's, Hey, you know, I'd like to be X breaker on fanatics live that has the chance to break it early. Mm-hmm. Listen, you work hard, right? You know, you pave your own way. Uh, it's possible. That being said, it is certainly okay to wait and respect the space that you operate in. And I would encourage everyone to do that. Cause as you said, Chris, I didn't thought about that folks who are maybe on the fringe of the hobby, just thinking about dipping their toe into it. Uh, so to speak, maybe they see uh, an early release day, you know, and, only a few authorized vendors. It's also being authorized in other, excuse me, being sold in um, unauthorized ways in other places. And then all of a sudden it has people question the viability of that particular product. Is it real? Is it authentic? And just in general, um, it, it doesn't reflect well on us, us being the hobby, whether it be your tops, whether it be your breaker, whether it be your consumer, a dealer, it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, I, I would encourage folks uh, to abide by these rules um, I think it's important, but I want to know why when you're talking about, let's say, abiding by these rules, and I know you're going to say, late, it's different, 
Well, our next topic has to do with why can't we get Fanini in particular, like Prism Football, which people are anxiously awaiting for. It just seems like that product, along with many other products, are being delayed. So I'm just curious, is there something going on in the kitchen that we should all know about as consumers, as dealers, as breakers, as to why there's a lot of delays right now in particular products that are coming out from major manufacturers, you know, like, of course, Panini in this case with Prison Football 2023. Well, if I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, I'm going to say it's because Fanatics bought up all, all, all the time at uh, Graphic Converting in Allen, Texas, um, which is the main factory, factory they're using right now, both Tops, Tops and Panini. So if Fanatics wanted to, they could, they could just buy up all the press time. Which uh, which might have happened. Like this is one conspiracy theory that I think holds a lot of weight. I mean, like we we've get a gl- gotten a glimpse on how how fanatics operates, and it's it wouldn't be outside the realm of uh, their business strategy to monopolize the printer. Um, other things is uh, other other questions are you know we know Panini has lost a lot of staff, in particular to fanatics. There's an open lawsuit you can read on Paul Lesko's uh, Law of the Cards on on uh, Twitter. Um, they have a, uh, they have a gap in project management for these things. You know, these things all have to be managed, um, from checklists to art to, to printing, you know, every, everything has to be conceptualized and, and managed out through a team. And Panini is probably shorthanded at the moment, it feels really, really weird to not have Prism and Optic out over Christmas. And it really affects the retail side more than anything because the hobby side can always wait the hobby side there you're more fervent collectors whenever it comes out they're going to buy it christmas time with blasters at target and walmart is kind of brutal not having prism and optic up no i was i was going to say if if fanatics and in general right and and i don't know this might be a hot take uh that's worth talking about in a different show but i believe that Fanatics, if you're saying what you're saying is true, and they're putting a chokehold and it's causing some of these delays, I really think that if Fanatics wants to 10x, and we were just quoting what Michael Rubin has said, the hobby, they'll actually 10x the hobby faster by allowing Panini to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So that, for example, in a year of football cards, which Prism Football, and I know Tops doesn't own it, and Fanatics doesn't own it, but they have to understand that losing that momentum and those collectors, they may never come back. Right. So if you want a 10X, just like people, for example, like supermarkets, businesses, they have loss leaders. Why do people do that? Number of different reasons. Story for a different day, but I just hope, I hope, and I wish, and I pray, at Fanatics, and of course I know that Michael seems like a very, very sharp individual. But he's not the only person working there. And I know for me, working at Just Collect and running vintage breaks, were of course, candidly a pimple on an elephant's ass compared to how big Fanatics is. But one thing I know, Chris, is you don't shit where you eat. And I know we don't usually curse on here, but I'm a little concerned that some of the things that I'm hearing and I'm seeing I want fanatics to want what's best for the hobby. And I believe they do. And they clearly want to make money. They might even want to go public. And I hope that all those things happen for them. Everyone realizes their hopes and dreams. But I'm a little concerned that they think, for example, 
buying up the printing time and hurting and delaying the, the release of some major epic football card releases is good for business. I don't believe so. I don't believe it's good in the short term or the long term, actually. No, um, especially when you've already won the war. Fanatics has already yes. won this war. There's no way, there's, there's no way, Panini's on the clock. Let, 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 him, let him go out the right way. Would, would, would be my Listen, I, I just think that there's, yeah. you know, sometimes there's a way to bow out and, you know, you do it in a way that it still might hurt a little bit, but people remember you, they appreciate it. And, you know, let's be candid, as you said, some of these folks are already migrating over to Fanatics. Mm -hmm. They might continue to do so. So let's just hope and move on from this subject, but let's, let's hope that it's going to start to not be as bad as far as these delays. But anyway, moving forward, before we get to a couple of the cards we have for sale this week, I want to give a shout out to Mark D. Thanks for hopping in. What's up, Larry? So, Chris, we're going to take the names that are in the live chat. Now, remember, we run our show live, of course, every week. And we also put it on vblunchcrew.com. You can find it on Shopify. Um, Shopify. Spotify. You know where my head's at, Chris. Yeah. Uh, you know, Apple, all those good uh, spots that you enjoy your favorite podcasts. But today in particular, with the holidays approaching, Chris, we're going to do something fun for our viewers who are live. So as long as they comment by the end of the show, we're going to put you in a random for a chance to win a free 1933 Gaudi. You can see it's a PSA 2 Robert of Robert Burke. Burke. It looks a little bit nicer than a PSA 2, but I figure this would make a great card for someone that appreciates baseball history, vintage baseball cards, and, of course, if you don't have a Gaudi, this is a great type card for your collection. Great, great. I got so far. I got Joe Tafoya, Brian Kusaba, Joe Hoysock, Mark D, and Larry Conger on my list. Great, good deal. You got it. Well, you can still hop in till the end of the show, Chris. But let's get right into the cards we have for sale today. Thanks to everyone who's tuning in today, who's tuned in and put up with us for the first eight episodes or so. And if you'd like to hear us discuss anything in particular, of course, you could drop it in the chat, both live and, of course, if you're listening afterwards. We'd like to talk about what you want to hear about in regards to the hobby we know and love. Great, great. Well, the first card is one of yours. It's the T205 Gold Board Alina Blackburn. Great. I'm going to keep mine very easy today because, candidly, I was out of time. So I chose two tobacco cards, a T205 and an 06. I underpriced them. I put them at $65 each. You can show them both off if you'd like. It's first come, first serve. I don't suspect the last. And that's the story. I, I, you know, I appreciate people who are candid with me and transparent. I'm trying to do the same with you. It has been nuts around here. All good stuff. Um, and these are two nice cards. One of them is a polar bear back. And the other one is a, uh, I, I just enjoy that design of Lena Blackburn on the 05. Um, and either way, if you want to buy one for $65, I feel like if you don't have an 05 or an 06 for your collection, it's a great deal. So I think you could sell it, maybe make a few dollars on eBay after fees. It's possible. I just wouldn't go through that, you know, that hassle. I would buy it if it's a keeper for you because I think it's a great deal. Great, great. Check them out, Chris. So what'd you what'd you bring to the table today? So I brought two different cards. I brought uh let me show the first one off. And keep in mind the mode I'm in right now is load up season. Like baseball cards are super cheap right now. They're all 30% off. So I'm taking advantage of that getting ready for spring training in the run up to next season. And a guy sure. that I'm getting ready to run on is Julio Rodriguez. 
Now, ideally, what you want is the 2019 Bowman, uh, Bowman Chrome release of Julio Rodriguez. Those are a little pricey. I would really recommend you buy one over this card. But this card in the PSA 10 at $45 can't be beat. This is one of the Montgomery set releases, so it did not go out in packs. It did not go out to the general public. These are really hard to get in a 10. The price does not reflect that. And the reason they're hard to get in a 10 is because of the colored borders. They're a little easier because they weren't pack inserted, but the colored borders still make it hard. I love this card. Yeah. How much is it? $45. It's a great card. Do you have an extra one or no? I, I don't. I don't. I only got one set and, and my J-Rod 10. All right. <laughs> if you don't sell it, I'm a buyer. Great, great. And the other one is but it's first guy. come, first serve. I'm not trying to buy it over anyone else. I love that card. I like the look of it. Yeah. And I also appreciate Tops Montgomery. I, I dig it. Yeah, you have one at the office somewhere. You 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 have that whole run. Sure. And if you somewhere. know where it is, Chris, great. Awesome. <laughs> great. <laughs> and the other one is a guy that just came out with his hair on fire last year. Kind of kind of kind of faltered a little bit in the late season. As he continues to adjust, I personally believe he will. This is Ellie De La Cruz. 2022 Bowman Chrome Prospects. This is his first Bowman. It's a PSA 10 and it's 80 bucks for a guy that is um, an electric hitter, electric runner, electric fielder, electric everything. There's nothing this guy does that isn't electric. Him and O'Neill Cruz are a new crop of shortstops coming up. And uh, I'm still looking for big things from Ellie. This is a uh, it's the nice Bowman Chrome Prospect that... Um, I've got several of these in my collection, and I think you should too. All right. Well, we uh, enjoy this part of the program. We hope you do too. If you'd like to see it run a different way as we're approaching 10 episodes, as I do with everything in my life, both professionally and personally, I always try to improve. So if you'd like to see it done a little bit differently or you'd like to see more cards, just let us know. Uh, I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are. Uh, on us offering a few cards for sale and during each and every one of our lunch crew episodes. Yeah, Larry said he strikes out too much, and you're right, Larry. He does. He does. That's what he, he does to adjust to. But he is fun to watch. Listen, I wish he was a Yankee. Believe me, I'd buy a jersey in two seconds. The kid's exciting. Um, so uh, I appreciate bringing those modern rookies to uh, the plate today, Chris, uh, and how you're buying baseball in the offseason. Uh, I do dig that J-Rod, so just let me know if someone snags it. If not, I will grab it. Great. All right, so Chris, I have a couple things to cover for our last topic of the day. All right. First thing is, I don't know how we're going to minister this, but I want to trade with someone who is a member of the Lunch Crew and or Vintage Breaks community, and this is how we're going to do it. Choose between $100 and $200, or, and it could be one card, or it could be a couple cards, it doesn't matter to me. But our eBay store, Chris, if you could drop it in the chat, is just underscore collect on ebay so i think we have about six or seven hundred graded cards a few hundred thousand dollars worth uh of course it's not everything that we have but it is everything that we have currently on ebay at the moment through our friends at mascot give them a look uh tell them i sent you ask for ezra it's a great platform that helps you list on uh, not only just ebay but um uh my slabs and a few other platforms i believe as well Shopify. Shopify. <laughs> oh yeah shopify exactly so yeah we got to talk about that chris with the new site meaning for just collect so on and so forth um so anyway what i'd like to do is something fun for the holidays really appreciate uh everyone who's not of course just tuned into trading card therapy who's tuned into excuse me tra- uh, tuned into lunch crew trading card therapy and layton's loft over the last uh at this point couple of years um 
So, Chris, I'm going to donate, call it between 100 and 200 bucks, like I said. I'm, I'm doing that because someone might just like one card or a couple cards. But anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm going to accept any trade that's reasonable. And I'm going to give the cards to the person who is giving me cards in the trade. And then I'm going to take those cards and I'm simply going to offer them out to someone else uh, for trade. But basically, I don't want anything for these cards. I want people to, listen, you don't have to do an even up. If you want a $100 card and all you can afford to give me is a $50 card, great. We're not going to say no, but I ask you to do it on the honor system. And of course, we're only going to do it with one person to start. So um, if you have any questions, you can email me direct, latenitchescollect.com. But this is a way, just to be clear, for someone who's a member of our community at either vintagebreaks.com or the lunch crew to turn some unwanted, I prefer graded, it has to be ungraded, so be it, but to turn some of your unwanted cards into a desirable card or a couple cards, Chris, mm -hmm. out of my eBay store, just underscore collect. And then we will then in turn take those cards and hopefully find another home for them free of charge. All they'll have to do is give up a card, a couple cards, doesn't have to be equal, but we'll, we'll see how many trades we can do and keep it going in the hobby that we all enjoy. What do you think about that, Chris? I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, cycling cards is a big deal, and especially when you can you can combine like a few cards into a card you maybe like better. That's to me. That's that's what I that's what I love to do. And uh, if if there's a dealer that would rather have like three or four cards than the one card because the three or four cards are easier to sell, so be it. I'm all in. Give me that Dale Murphy autograph. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Chris, for my last topic of today, can you turn on my camera so I can show off a couple things? Sure. Let's do that. But Shagan, Ken, thanks for tuning in. All right, so I want to talk about that I really enjoy vintage photography. Um, I want to show off one or two pieces in particular that I recently acquired out of an REA, Robert Edward Auctions auction that took place. Um, and I also want to explain to you what I paid for them. And the reason why is because, you know, oftentimes, Chris, in baseball cards, you kind of know, right? You know, if you want to buy a Honus Wagner card, it's going to cost you no less than X, right? But photography, folks, is it the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. So if you find something that's cool, you might say, like, wait a minute, I don't understand why it doesn't cost more money. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> so in particular, this first piece is a 1911 Nebraska Indians real photo team postcard. How cool is this, man? Oh, wow. I mean, that's a legit team photo of about 1911. That candidly, if you like baseball and love baseball as much as I do and Chris does, these folks didn't really do anything less than anyone else who was professional to help pave the way for the game that we love today. Yeah. No reserves either. So, look at that. Nine guys and a manager. Look at that. I love how one of them has a top hat in the back. I love how you're talking about Native American Indians as part of the club. I like how you can see some of the equipment, meaning the bats and the gloves on some of their hands. I enjoy how one of them is wearing what I would call a sweater. So that's really cool. I love how it's just really against a nondescript building background. Yeah. And then how about this? It's legitimately a postcard. Wow. So when you cross my love of baseball and cards with photography and just turn of the century stuff. So Chris, 
Are you ready for me to tell you how much I paid for this? Yeah, sure. $153. That's steel, man. That's steel. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Steel. Is that a show? No, this is out of their auction. Wow. Wow. It just like yeah, it might have been in like the internet only, you know, I don't know, but I just yeah. know that I love it. A couple of things that strike me about that photo. You get the sense of the humble beginnings of the sport. This is literally all this franchise is is, is composed of. You see Shohei Otani's seven hundred million dollar deal, and you see this, Hold on a second. and you you get a picture of Hello? where vintage, where where it's where, where it started from Hello? and where it came to. He's probably got a call yep. from, from Crosby School. It'll be just a second. But it's a really great contrast of the door. where the sport the was door. and where the sport is. Hello, who's in the back there, guys? Can you go grab the? Can you go to the front and just grab my lunch? We're trying to drop it off. Thank you. Oh. sorry about that. No, no problem. That's that's a very important. This is the lunch crew, and that was about How awesome. Lunch. Is that actually we got interrupted for my legitimate lunch. <laughs> so what I was saying is, you look at things like Shohei Otani's seven hundred million dollar contracts. And then you see this club who literally has everything the club owns in the picture. The back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure they know where their next meal's coming from. Right. And, and it's like a good indicator of just how far the sport has come from some guys that did it for love. Maybe these guys worked on farms in the offseason, worked in factories. Listen, on the offseason, they were working in the farm earlier that day, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. So it's, it's, it's just a wonderful glimpse in the turn of the century baseball. Yeah. So anyway, let me show you one other item that I bought at the auction. This is, uh, this is, I would say probably like a seven by nine. And I don't normally buy photos in general clothing. So in other words, if you don't know who the guy in the middle is, it is the Honus Wagner. Oh, and you know, like I'm not flying. I'm not generally buying the I'm not generally buying um baseball players in suits, you know, like in, in street yeah. clothes. Yeah. However, however, what do you notice about this photo besides the fact that Honus Wagner is standing in the middle? Um, I'm digging the fedoras. The flying Dutchman is not full, not so much flying in that picture. Uh, it's, a, it's an elderly uh, Wagner there, isn't it? It is, it is, but that is not what I'm referring to. Anyone who's watching live, let me know. I'm going to give you about another 10 seconds or so to guess. If someone guesses correctly, I will give them a $25 break credit to finishbreaks.com because Chris was not able to. Might actually be auditioning for a new lunch crew co-host, Chris. Right, right, right. <laughs> they all look like mobsters to me with those fedoras and jackets, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Once again... If you're into this kind of thing, absolutely. But I didn't buy it for that. Yeah. All right. All right. What would you buy for? Well, I want to see if anyone's gonna guess. I'm waiting. Right. What's All up, right. Cuff Daddy? That's two capos and their accountant. <laughs> Not so far off. <laughs> so if you look a little bit more closely, White. Oh, Larry nailed it. Oh. Are you kidding me? People talk about did Wagner smoke or not? I'm like, Jesus criminy, the guy's holding an effing cigar in his left hand in a printed photograph. So it was about the money, not about the tobacco. 
Well, well, I thought about this a lot before our ninth episode of The Lunch Crew today. The reality of it is here, he was an older man versus when we were talking about those cards coming out as when he was playing ball, Chris. Wow. But to me, and I'm going to put this on my Instagram account. For those that don't follow me, I think I'm a good follow, especially if you like vintage sports cards like I do. Leighton underscore Sheldon. I'm going to put something out there with a whole write-up. Chris, as far as I'm concerned, this at least, I don't know. It brings up some interesting discussions about his T206 card. Yeah, Larry said he had also endorsed tobacco products during his playing days, which is something you know I don't think everybody knows. Once again, Larry's 100% on the money. Larry gets a $25 break credit to our site at vintagebreaks.com. And by the way, this beauty cost me about 300 bucks. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Now, that, that's a traditional photo, not a postcard? Uh, no, that is just a photo. It's a wire photo. It's got the stamping okay. on the back. Okay, nice, nice. It is from the Brown Brothers archive, which Leland's has famously handled. Uh-huh. And the last piece I want to show off uh, photography-wise, I did not buy this out of this past auction, but I collect real photo cards. So this is not only a photo of the 1912 Pittsburgh Pirates featuring a playing day right here next to my thumb, Honus Wagner, okay? Yeah. But check out, Wagner's wearing a sweater. So, I mean, just this is an incredible photograph, right? But it's not just a photo. Jesus criminy, it's an unused postcard. Huh. I buy these. I do not buy these to sell. Clearly, I'm a card nerd. Yes, I have a problem. That's why I'm saying it like that. I love the movie Revenge of the Nerds. So if you're ever thinking about buying an RPC yourself and you just want to talk turkey, I love to talk about this kind of stuff, gang. Email me. Hit me up. Leighton at JustCollect.com. DM me on Instagram, Leighton underscore Sheldon. And with that, folks, we're going to wrap up on Honus Wagner's RPC 1911 Pirates, our ninth episode of The Lunch Crew.